What's up, guys? My name is Bo Mitchell, a.k.a. Brooks on Cobra Kai. And you're taking skinny dips and some bong rips with TV8 My Brain right now. Welcome to TV8 My Brain, the official TV podcast of Core Temp Arts, the Cobra Kai edition. And I am Peter, also host of Podstalgic. And I'm Tom, also host of Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And today we have another interview. This time we got Bo Mitchell, who plays Brooks from Cobra Kai. Uh, he was one of the bullies, uh, the other bully next to Kyler, for those that maybe had not seen the show in some time. Um, what an awesome guy to talk with. Absolutely. I mean, uh, the the drive and uh, sense of... You know, like wanting to work is amazing. I mean, this kid had more passion for snow cones at, well, eight than eight I did old. with my factory job at the age of 30. Yeah, it's it's crazy. This guy grew up at such a young age. Um, he started, you know, his own skateboarding business at like 15. Just a, a bunch of amazing things. I mean, he's probably... Uh, well, he's, he's, he's like 23. He just got married. So again, congrats to you, Bo, and just got a house with his wife, too. So, you know, he is coming at life at such, such a fast speed. You know, it's mind boggling. Absolutely. I, I have a feeling he's going to be a mover and a shaker well, well before his 40s. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, he he talked a little bit about this in the interview as well. He's produced a, you know, a documentary. I think it had like eight episodes, according to IMDb. He's mm-hmm. worked with Danny McBride, so yeah, he's he's done quite a bit. Well, he's even got his own charity. That's amazing. Right. Yeah, twenty three yeah. years old and he's founding a charity. So just an amazing interview. We can't wait for you guys to hear it. And here it is. Hey, Bo. Yeah. Hey, it's Peter, man. How's it going, Peter? Hey, not too bad. Okay. Hey, Tom. Hello. Okay, so we'll just go ahead and uh, uh, get started a little bit here. Um, now, I was just kind of looking over your IMDb page, and it shows that you got discovered at the age of nine months. So you were doing like a bunch of print work early that early on. Yeah, yeah, I did. It was very random. I. I was with my parents walking around together, I guess, and I was just, you know, a toddler. So an agent stumbled upon us in the mall and was just excited about, I guess, how I looked and kind of kind of thought, they kind of thought it was a scam because that was a popular thing in that era. Um, people were, that was a scam at the time. People were posing. People still kind of do that, I think. Pose as, like, agents and get you to pay a couple thousand dollars and you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of that one, but that was a, that was a popular thing. So it was like sketchy a little bit because we were like, "This is weird." Someone just came up on us about our baby, like, and no, but it was legit. So they they flew us out. Uh, she got she got me some work like super quick and flew us out to uh, to New York, and I started doing like print ads for um, lookbooks for baby apparel. Well, that's actually kind of awesome. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a scam, basically. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, it was, yeah. So it was. A, it was a trip. Yeah, and that kind of kickstarted me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, that could be scary. I mean, anything involving a child and just a random stranger coming up and say, "Hey, you know, <laughs> your kid can do stuff." It's really weird. So yeah, 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 definitely. 
So, but uh, no, after they kind of like figured that out, I think they were like, whoa, this would be good for him, I guess. I don't know. They, they supported it and started taking me to auditions and taking time off work, et cetera. And, and, you know, we're here now. So the print work and commercials that led you to working into TV and film at the age of five? Uh, yes. Yeah, I... It started off really small, but it was technically TV and film, um, like one-liners that you know, you know. Ultimately, half of the the roles even got cut out, and just you know, just little little stuff. And then took my first big role when I was like eleven or twelve, and that's when uh, my mom actually decided to quit work and like travel with me. But yeah, so it was it was like a it's a very gradual ladder uh, we climbed for you know the first you know eleven years or so. Interesting. Um, when did you get into skateboarding? If you're doing all of this print work and and TV shows and stuff like that, I kind of got into it around the age of eight because I had some video games, uh, Tony Hawk video games. Yes. And yeah, and so that was that that contributed to a lot of people starting skating, honestly. But uh, I got those games and I was like, this is so cool, and I wanted to pretend I was doing the tricks. So my parents got me like a Spider-Man skateboard from Walmart. And I went to the skate park in my local city, and uh, and it was kind of rinky-dinky, but it was a skate park. So I went there and would kind of ride the ramps a little bit, and just you know, I kind of basically played with it more than I did skate. But like I was familiar with the skateboard. And then when I got about thirteen or fourteen, after I finished that first big, that first big role I got, um, I got really serious because a couple of my buddies back home started uh, doing it seriously. And so basically since like, since 14-ish, 13-ish, I've really been, you know, learning tricks and pursuing it as like a, you know, like a, like a serious passion, hobby, sport, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. And then by 15, you started the HIC Skateboard Company? Yeah, yeah. So that was, um, it's uh, funny, yeah. So, so yeah, that was the, the city I live in from Aiken, South Carolina, that city is uh, pretty tiny, man. That thing is. It's we uh we have like a population pretty small probably eighty thousand or something which is not big but it's not that big it's like everybody knows everybody yeah kind of a vibe and yeah and so the city is is nice but you know they they focus on like more traditional sports like you know baseball football so skateboarding was definitely you know kind of exile a little bit you know the cops had nothing to do so they would mess with the skater kids and. You know the you know the adults that ran the stores, the storefronts that had the cool sidewalks to skate. You know they would kick you out because you were, you know, bothering them and pestering them or whatever. You know you could break your arm and sue them. You know so many excuses. Um, and like I said, the skate park was rinky dink. And by this time, it was um, kind of starting to uh, disintegrate pretty much. <laughs> So um, it just needed to be kept up, and it wasn't being kept up because the city didn't care. So we had really nowhere to skate, in a sense, and nowhere to buy skateboards from. So I just, um, I've had like an entrepreneurial spirit my whole life, so it kind of clicked. And I uh, I started doing a uh, a little skateboard store out of, the, out of an office uh, space, and I had a ramp a little ramp we'd put out front in the parking lot and you know it's yeah started with that yeah you gotta commend you for starting at such a young age you know most people at the age of 15 don't have that drive 
Uh, did, did you ever watch Lords of Dogtown? Yes, I did. I watched that uh, when it came out in the theater. Actually, that was a that was a good one. Yeah, um, I've watched a couple times since. Yeah, it's a that's a that's a cool movie. It's a good like history lesson, I guess, in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Your story kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I guess it guess it does. I never looked at like that. <laughs> that's that's cool. Well, I'm looking at your IMDb page right now, and apparently this wasn't your first successful business. Uh, I, I guess you had a really popular snow cone stand, or what was going on with that? Yeah, yeah. So that started when I was around eight years old. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, thanks. And this is, you know, all contributed to my parents just being like, you know, down to jump out of a plane with me pretty much, (laughs) you know, so they, you know, basically at this point I had, uh, acquired, you know, and saved up, uh, money from doing the small, you know, print and commercial gigs. And, uh, I had just, I loved, I loved snow cones at that age. And it was a really weird infatuation. Um, but, uh, it was, it had to be the, the shaved ice. You guys ever had shaved ice? Oh yeah. 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 Over in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah. Had to be the yeah yeah it had to be the real shaped ice snow cones like I didn't I was pretentious I didn't like the crushed ice <laughs> you know I had to have the nice the nice high quality shaped ice so basically uh, you know I wanted to do like a like a like a lemonade you know like a little kid lemonade stand I was like you know because that's what I can envision at that age and and so I was like oh I would like to do that and then we had found on the internet that there was actually like you know a way to do like your own shaped ice stand. And so then I was like, oh, you know, it's even better. Like, you know, I would love to have that. And so we actually bought a 10 by 10 hut um, and started a snow cone business and got and got some uh, got some of the shaved ice machines, got coolers, you know, got the whole nine and and set up and uh, in Aiken and started slinging snow cones, man. It was a uh, it was a trip because I would do the whole hiring process and. I would be interviewing uh, high school kids, <laughs> and they would be losing their mind, like looking at me interviewing them. But I was—it was a serious <laughs> interview, though. Yeah, they, yeah, depending on what they said to the questions, was whether or not if they got hired. But, uh, but no, it was a good time. You know, we—I uh, traveled a lot with that too. But basically, I designed this um, this hut on wheels, so it was a small trailer, uh, and we put we built a. We built a uh, one of those ten by ten huts from the bottom up, from the ground up. So it was kind of like a food truck of today, but it was on a trailer, and it was uh, it was pretty small. It was literally only ten by ten, so it was uh, maybe more like eight by ten. But yeah, it was a small little trailer, but it was kind of like the uh, aesthetic of a food truck, pretty much. And we, we just drove that thing around and went to a bunch of cool festivals and stuff. And yeah, so I did that for three or four years, probably. Is that something you've ever thought about bringing back, uh, whether it's a form of a food truck or anything? Oh, man, you know, I haven't really thought too seriously about it. I, you know, I kept some of the gear uh, just to have in case I ever did want to spark spark it back up. But I don't know. Yeah, that would be fun because I've actually kept up with the scene a little bit. And there's this company called Pelican. Y'all heard of them? Uh-uh. No. They're supposed to be pretty, they're supposed to be pretty big. They're coming up. Maybe it's just like a southeast thing, but they're they're in like six or seven states now. Anyway, it's a franchise. Um, but yeah, I kept I kept some gear. 
I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the right time to strike. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, yeah, I kept some gear though. Maybe one day we'll see. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Now it, it says that you had a hundred flavors, which is impressive in and of itself. But I'm curious. A, a, after you get past cherry, grape, lemon, and all that, <laughs> eventually you're going to start to kind of get into some odd categories. What was the wildest flavor that you had? Yeah, y'all are really diving deep. I need to know this information. <laughs> yeah, let's see. We used to have them all listed in the front of the uh, of the hut. And uh, we'd be like, oh, there's the flavor list. People would be like, whoa, what? <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to think, because we had some funny ones. And I'm also trying to, like, kick kickstart my memory, because I haven't had to initially think about this in such a long time. First of all, we had, we had like, every flavor fruit you could think of, even, like, weirder ones. Like, we had, like, a, this one isn't too weird. We did have a mango. We had a banana. We had a blue raspberry, red raspberry, you know grape etc um then after the fruits so okay so i think one of the weirdest ones we had was um called fuzzy navel Ooh, ooh, yeah uh yeah that sounds that sounds nasty Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so uh fuzzy navel for anyone that doesn't know it's a it's a hairy belly button and um or like a linty dirty belly button anyway so that was a flavor of a snow cone, and that one was like weird and sweet and tangy. There's no, there was no hair or lint in the snow cone. It was just, <laughs> you know, syrup. But um, yeah, that one was a funny one. And then we had one called Tiger's Blood, which I believe stems from an alcoholic beverage, like an alcoholic mixed drink. Yeah, so, so does Fuzzy Navel actually? It, yeah, that, that's an alcoholic drink. Oh, really? It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no. Yeah. 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 I think we had. I think you know what? Those all those come from a list of like of alcoholic drink ripoffs because mm. we had like a pina colada and stuff. So we had all these alcoholic things. That was one thing my parents thought I'd get into. They were like, what if we took this out to bars at like 2 a.m., you know? <laughs> like, I, you know, I wouldn't be present apparently, but, you know, they were thinking about doing that a little bit at one point because we did have those alcoholic one, one-off flavors, you know? And, you know, we, we were thinking about a lot of fun stuff to do with the hut. But, uh, but yeah, it was... Um, it was yeah, there was a couple weird name flavors, but those all stem from alcoholic drinks. So, and man, it's you know what another weird one was, and I'll end it with this one, is uh, we had a sweet tea flavor. Okay, interesting. We had a sweet really? tea flavor, yeah. And so, sweet tea is really popular um, in south in the southeast. So, tea is popular everywhere, but sweet tea particularly where you. You brew it, and while it's hot, you pour sugar in it. Then you put it in the fridge and get it cold and drink it with ice. So it's like, that's what sweet tea is. And so you got this flavor after that, and uh, that was pretty interesting. So, yeah. But those are some weird ones. One out of the hundred that I can recall of, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. Almost. So over 10 years later. Now, geez. Yeah. What was your uh, time like over um, on Eastbound and Down? Uh, you know, you played uh, Danny McBride's nephew, Wayne. Yeah, Wayne Powers. That was fun. I mean, that was crazy because I was hitting puberty and <laughs> I was like looking up to male role models and I was surrounded by a bunch of crazy male role models. <laughs> and they were all great guys, though, great guys. But, you know, you see them on, you see them on camera doing their thing and, and yeah, it was it was interesting to me too because I also felt like I was trying to grasp at like some sort of 
style of my own in acting as well, besides, you know, just life itself. Um, and so I, I learned a lot from Danny, Will, David, Jody, you know, Ben Best, um, and any of the, any of the amazing guest stars they had on, you know, or reoccurring, you know, players they had, like, it was great. It was just, it was amazing for me as an actor too. Cause I got to like, basically learn, learn from these guys, like, you know, learn the trade, uh, especially the improv and comedy. So that's what I, you know, like to, like to pursue today. I love doing comedy, um, improv kind of stuff and uh, just back and forth banter, you know, in scene. That's like my favorite uh, as of now, just because of being around that, you know, at that, at that critical time, I guess, because you missed it. <clears throat> we did four seasons over like five-ish, five-ish years or so. So I spent, you know, six, I spent 12 to 18, uh, ages 12 through 18 on that set. And I had like four birthdays on set. I had a birthday on set almost every season. So, because <laughs> they, they just always filmed, you know, during the fall. So, and my birthday is in November. So, yeah, it was, it was a trip, but... It was a fun time, man. They were um, they were all super talented. So yeah, it was just a great learning experience for me. Yeah, I I'm glad that you were mentioning the improv because watching that show and I, I was a big fan of it. I always kind of wanted to see more outtakes because I have a feeling that there's just reels and reels of other things that they they just thought up on the spot. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of riffing and one-offs and yeah, just full improv sessions. Like the guys were just, it was crazy. They would just, they would spend, you know, 20 minutes going back and forth at times. Uh, just cause it was just, it was hilarious. They just didn't stop in character standing in place, you know, sitting 10 or 15 minutes, having a full on improvised conversation in character. It was like <laughs> astonishing, honestly. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was it was a herald. They they're really good, man. It's it's crazy because it, and they just fed off each other. And everyone was so talented. So yeah, it was mind blowing. But uh, and a lot of the, a lot of the stuff got put in. I mean, so much of that ended of that ended up being improvised. You know, one liners. You know, it's just constantly. I think you know everyone was thinking of stuff. You know, you'd have the directors would be thinking of stuff and just being like, hey. They try this one, you know. They would have like a scratch book. Four or five guys behind the camera would have a, a scratch book and just be writing up d- dumb stuff to say. <laughs> and have Danny or whoever was in the scene do it. Me, even me, you know, me and some of the other smaller characters got got like thrown out lines sometimes. But it was almost to the point where it was just like entertainment for people on set. It wasn't even like like this is just be funny to do right now. Let's just say it. It was just a good time, man. They just had fun with it constantly. So yeah, I like, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was awesome. It was crazy. It's almost, it's like a cold classic now. It's kind of insane. Oh yeah. Like, you know, looking back and seeing, yeah, it's, it's really evolved and like stayed relevant. And yeah, it's cool. Now, before we get into uh, some Cobra Kai talk, you were involved in another YouTube, formerly Red, now YouTube Premium um, project called Alexander IRL in real life. Uh, what was that about? That was interesting. I had gotten basically like almost cold called for that. Uh, they they had wanted wanted me just because um, I had been on East Mountain Down 
and because of I think my some of my ties to the skate industry and stuff, and uh, you know they wanted that in a character, and so um, yeah. Anyway, so the director Asher was a really cool dude. He's a super funny, super funny guy, and so he, you know, had this like A team dream list of like young, um, young social social networking, social media, like celebrities in a sense. So everyone that got casted, you know, um, has these, had these huge followings on social media or, you know, YouTube or whatever. And very few of them even really had, a, you know, actual acting experience. It was very intriguing. Um, and so when we got on set, you know, they were all used to doing these, like, selfie videos, so some of them were tripped out by the camera, like, the big camera gear and stuff, but it was a fun time. Everyone on there um, was actually really, really good and talented and funny, so it was a good experience overall, and I think that uh, it did decent, but I also think that um, I think it might have just needed to be um, maybe advertised a little bit differently or something, but it was, like, a, it was like interesting, too, because I think they were shooting for it to be, like, a teeny bop comedy, you know? Mm-hmm. we were constantly while on set we were constantly like is this gonna we would shoot some scenes for it to be rated r and then we would shoot some you know pg scene we'd shoot it in pg as well so we would shoot a lot half and half because they weren't didn't know where they were taking it by rated r i just mean like you know throwing out some you know curse words or dirty jokes you know so it was just interesting they were having this little battle, I guess, you know, trying to figure out where, what happened to take it. But it was cool. It kind of spawned this whole um, this whole YouTube network thing that that Asher guy is doing now. I'm trying to he um, I'm trying to think of the name of it, but he he basically had his own network as a YouTube channel. Huh. And it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's like a you know it's like a uh, fun way to conceive a YouTube channel because. It's called a channel, you know, and so you have a TV channel, and usually it's a network running a TV channel, and you have these different shows, right? Most people on YouTube just have themselves or one or two buddies, or they have a theme, you know? But he actually made it the definition of, like, a channel, to me anyway, and he has a full-blown network where they have, you know, 10 or 12 different little skits they do every week. So, anyway, it's funny, but yeah, that was a good time. That was my first time ever... Being involved with a YouTube premium, YouTube slash YouTube, you know, mm-hmm. gig, and so I didn't quite know what was going on with that at the time uh, because I uh, wasn't heavily involved in YouTube. So I just kind of knew that the premium stuff, you know, from perks you could get as a as a consumer, but I didn't know, you know, that they were actually producing their own original content. So it was a surprise to me, but it was it was a good time. Now, one of the things that we really like about uh, interviewing, you know, cast members from the show is we always find out something that we never, you know, probably would have found out uh, if we had not done the research. But not too long ago, not only are you married, but you and your wife just got a house. Uh, yeah, it's very, very perceptive. That's a, that's a fresh one now, man. Yeah, <laughs> we uh, we just got. We're still moving into this place, technically. Um. So yeah, we uh got got married, let's see. Um a little over a month ago now. Oh wow, well, congratulations. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, man. So that's kinda kinda fresh and then uh 
a little honeymoon, and uh, we went out to Oregon and had the ceremony on the beach. Wait, and, wait, hold on, hold on. Just, uh, I'm from Oregon. Oh, no way. Yeah, that's sick. Well, is, was there okay. any particular reason that you came specifically here? Uh, well, we just, we, 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 we thought we liked everything there. You know, we were like, oh, it seems like a great place, just, you know, great environment. And then we also are thinking about moving to the Pacific Northwest, you know, like a five or 10 year plan moving out there. Um, so there's a couple, there's a couple like, you know, reasons there. And then we also wanted to do a type of a destination wedding as well, where we just had like some, cause we weren't trying to have like a 300 people wedding, <laughs> you know, where everyone we do showed up, we just, which is popular, especially down here in the South, you know, you book out, you book out a church and you fill up the pews with whoever you can get an invite to. But anyway, um, we wanted just to have some family and friends. So yeah, so a couple of reasons just kind of came together and made it happen in Oregon. One of the other big setting factors was that we wanted to do a, a honeymoon where we drove the PCH from uh, top to bottom, you know, top to top to San Francisco. So basically, started up in Port Angeles and went down to San Francisco uh, on the 101 slash the one. And anyway, so that was just some of the factors that contributed to us going there. But what actually happened was we. We got a beautiful lodge out in Oregon City, which is like a suburb of Portland. Oh, yeah. That's that's and, like 30 minutes from me. Oh, wow. There you go. Okay. So, yeah. And then we, on the ceremony day, we bust all the, you know, the wedding party down to Cannon Beach, specifically Silver Point. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was really pretty. There's a lot of, you know, sea stacks and it was good. We had good weather, too. The fog cleared up and, yeah, man, it was sick. So, we hung out. And, you know, had a cool weekend, and then we hit the road and went up to Seattle and then went around the tip of Washington and went down the coast. And, yeah, and then we got back here and moved into this place. So it's been it's been a hectic, like, last couple months because I've been on the road constantly because I drive everywhere. I don't I don't fly unless it's unless it's short notice. That's that's not because I'm scared of anything. <laughs> uh, I just like have my car. So, yeah, anyway. So yeah, I've been driving like crazy, man. Just just traveling. I put, you know, like almost twenty thousand miles on my car in like three months or something, three and a wow. half months. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been buck. <laughs> <laughs> Most people do like twelve to fifteen thousand in a year. That's a yeah. drive yep. back and forth to the job every day, you know. So it's like, like I've been getting there, boys. It's been buck, but it was fun. So yeah. It's been hectic, but we're getting settled in now. Yeah, got I got hitched, fellas. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, it's probably yeah. breaking news for a lot of people. So that that is again, congrats, and I'm glad you guys had a, a good time in the Pack West here. Um, uh, Annalisa yeah. is is from c- kind of near the Seattle area. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, we 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 hung out a good bit, so we spoke briefly about it, but um, we never got into too much detail on that on that subject. So. You guys, uh, you guys interviewed our Lisa already. Yeah, did you guys interview with uh, Joe too? Yeah, Joe was actually our very first. Yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, Nicole, sick. Nicole as well. Yeah, awesome. You're um, not, not to make it sound like we're patting ourselves on the back, but uh, you are currently number thirteen. Thirteen? Yeah, thirteen. All right, on y'all are y'all are killing it then. Oh, yeah, we're trying to. Going. We're trying to. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, y'all, y'all got y'all gonna have a whole new season of uh, 
cast members to call up here in a few months. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. We're, we're well, st- the idea that we're we're trying to float out there is within the new season coming out, having uh, guests come back to review the individual episodes. With us, right. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, y'all should try to get in touch. Y'all could start a little talk show or something, you know? I, I think it would be great, you know? That would be awesome, yeah. But uh, I mean, yeah, that's th- cool. there's still there's cool. still some people that we would love to speak to that uh, it's been very difficult getting a, a hold of. But uh, you know, it's yeah, I'm, I'm sure some of the some of the uh, hype has kicked in, so I'm sure everyone's grabbing at some of the bigger bigger players for sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they've got to be just ungodly schedules right now, overwhelmed. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that they've been. I think a few few players haven't really stopped. I think there's been some writing sessions where I'm sure that, you know, Will and and some of the others, you know, and um just have been probably in the writing writing sessions, you know, talking stuff up. So um yeah, they probably haven't stopped moving since since the season wrapped really. But yeah, yeah I mean it's yeah. it's next one it's gonna be good. They definitely got the the, the you know, John, Josh, and Hayden; those three are like a like a like a trio. The big three, and um, yeah, man, they're good. They actually remind me of like the style that that the guys in East Mountain Down had, where they would just all three kind of conglomerate and you know work together and collaborate and uh, come up with these crazy, fun, creative ideas. So, I think it's going to lead to some long term success for that franchise and those three. Well, I, I think this is a uh, you know great transition into Cobra Kai. Um, so, how did you come across that uh, you play the character of Brooks? Now, does is Brooks short for anything, or is that like a nickname of your character? Well, first of all, I believe Brooks is an homage to. Um, oh wow! I just totally blanked. <laughs> um, okay, so it is. I'm gonna describe him, and you know some of the the fans would. You know, original fans will know who I'm talking about. And I'm, I'm bummed that I just blanked on the fellow's name. It might come back as I try to describe him. But he was an original Cobra Kai member in the first, you know, movie. Mm-hmm. And, his, and he's, yeah, in the Karate Kid, yes. And he he actually, his name starts with a B, too. Um, and his name was similar to Brooks. It was a weird, maybe, nickname or something, you know. And yeah, so he was in the kind of in the background, always being energetically, you know, in, in intrinsically hyped on hurting or just, you know, just danger or, you know, just being, you know, fighting or just being crazy, you know, just a crazy guy. And he was, um, he's blonde headed. And Dutch? he, Dutch, thank you. There you go. Oh, okay. that That's Dutch. awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Yes. So it was their homage to Dutch. And, um, you know, yeah, what I was going to refer to next, if I didn't click, was when he had the scene with Ralph in the locker room right before the tournament started. You guys remember that one where he gets up in his face? Get, yeah. He gets up in his face, tries to get him to throw a couple punches. Yeah. So, anyway, so that's kind of who they're, you know, paying homage to with the Bucks character. It kind of stemmed all, you know, a lot of my stuff stemmed from just that, just being, you know, trying to be like overly into you know, having fun, but having a weird idea of fun, you know, like, because basically that's what we wanted. We wanted Brooks to be constantly having fun in his own little world. And, you know, that sometimes might be, 
you know, hurting people, but it was a weird line to walk between wanting to actually just be mean, which is not what we were going for, and more just like thinking, oh, it would be funny to throw this backpack in the garbage can, you know, that kind of stuff. And it was a really interesting, like, it's interesting explaining it now. Sounds kind of uh, silly. But um, basically, Brooks is a homage to Dutch, and uh, that's kind of how he came about. I'm not 100% sure on exactly where the name came from, um, but I think it may be, uh, it may be like a last name. If not, it's just a nickname, but yeah, a lot of people were, uh, tripping on it when we first started. They were like, Brooks, Brooks, everyone was saying <laughs> Brooks. They thought it was like a typo in the script or something, but no, nah, it's Brooks. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a good time playing that character because like I said, you know, they reminded me. The, the you know the trio of directors slash writers you know John Josh and Hayden reminded me so much of some of the guys me spending down and and yeah they just were were just you know throwing out one liners to me or throwing out ideas or even letting me go off you know on tangents and so that just that just made it a fun time you know and that just made it like very gave uh, me you know and some of the other actors a chance to be really just creative and you know improvise and have a good time and and it makes it fun on set and it makes it more like heartfelt too, because, you know, when you add your own spin on it, it can come out a little more natural, you know, than if you have to say a line perfect, uh, like it was written, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was cool. Did you have an agent that found that role for you or how did the audition process go about? Yeah. So if I, if I'm recalling correctly, they had maybe casted someone, and he wasn't quite working out. I guess maybe some some chemistry reason would go well or something. And and so they had like a last minute reissue of the casting tape. And I think that they actually might have. I don't know if they stumbled upon me or if they looked, sought me out. But I think it was it was more than just my agent saying, "Hey, we found this role that you match up with." You know, um, it was it was more direct than that. Uh, so I sent a tape in and you know, less than 24 hours later, I got, basically got the role. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was extremely quick turnaround and, and basic, that, that was like a Friday. So that Monday I had to be in Atlanta, which is easy for me because South Carolina is only like a three or so hour drive where I'm at in South Carolina or something. Yeah. Three or so hour drive. So it wasn't that bad. First off though, my agent made me think it was in California I'm like, geez, okay, so I'm going to have to, like, leave tonight and start driving. Yeah. <laughs> I was getting crazy, y'all. I was, like, I was like, all right, I can make it to here and then there, and then I'll be, I'll be there by Monday. I'll be good. <laughs> then I was like, no, it's in Atlanta. It's in Atlanta. I was like, oh, thank God. Because I was, I, was I was at dinner, and I was like, y'all, I might have to leave dinner right now. Oh, geez. I might have to leave town the next 30 minutes if I'm trying to make it to set on Monday. So I was really, I was tripping a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it worked out. They were, it was in Atlanta, so it was chill, but it was a quick turnaround is what I'm saying. Yeah. So it was, it was real quick, but they were stoked. And, um, you know, I was super hyped to be a part of, uh, of this because coming into it, I didn't quite, um, you know, know what it was going to entail because, uh, I just didn't, you know, I just couldn't, I wasn't conceiving really what the possibilities were. And where this could go. I mean, I, I definitely love Karate Kid, but seeing, first of all, seeing how well 
the you know the fan base has responded and came out of the woodwork loving it it's just been amazing and uh and then of course you know when i got on set stepping back i didn't know what to expect out of out of the set as well because um the set you know comparing it to the alexander irl movie that we did um with youtube red slash you know youtube premium uh the set was nice, but, you know, it wasn't anything over the top. But this set that we were, this Cobra Kai, it was like big time, man, big time. You know, they had all the bells and whistles, all the proper gear. You know, they were running multiple cameras every day. Um, you know, there's just things like, you know, things that, you know, I look for, especially because I've been doing it for so long to tell me, you know, how much production value is really going into this and you know when i was stepped on set first day i was like wow this is a little over my head this is more than i expected and you know it got me really stoked because i knew then it was like this is gonna be this is gonna be great you know it's gonna come out great it's gonna look great the people behind it are working hard so it was that was exciting too just you know and you know it fuels you a little bit you know because you're like all right everyone's really putting in so i gotta go for it too you know yeah um I I think it's really funny that you kind of got Marty McFly'd, you know, like uh, somebody else was casted, the chemistry didn't work, and then you replaced them. <laughs> you know, that's the infamous story with Michael J. Fox. Yeah. You know, he he replaced Eric yeah. Stoltz, and the movie is better for it. And so, yeah, I don't know who the other guy was, but uh, I do enjoy your character, and you have great comedic timing, and you have some very, um, you know, uh, funny lines and memorable moments as well. Uh, you kind of touched on the library scene a little bit earlier. There's something that I kind of picked up about your character, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. But um, Joe's character, Kyler, kind of gets up in, I feel like it was Miguel's face, and there was something that he says, and then Brooks, he corrects him. He goes, whom? And so I... Yeah. I, I loved thought, that. Yeah. So I thought it was cool, because I'm like, is Brooks uh, book smart? Because this is different from what we see in a stereotypical bully. Right, yes, that was the director's, you know, and the writer's just throwing in, like, a fun note, a way to, a way to kind of break things up, um, but also give you that, give you, basically give you the reaction that you guys just described, like, oh, wait, what, (laughs) kind of thing, um, I don't think there was a whole lot of thought gone into that point, but we might, might see more of it later on, but yeah, it's basically that, you know, that, um, you know, Brooks actually is paying attention, and he's not as, uh, you know, blank or, you know, crazy or dim-witted as he may seem when he's doing stuff. But, yeah, yeah, and first of all, you know, thanks for the compliments, by the way, too. I'm, you know, stoked that you guys dig the, you know, some of the moments, you know, I had with Brooks and just, uh, you know, the community timing. But, yeah, I think that that was just, you know, a fun a fun way to break, you know, break the uh, the air a little bit and change it, change things up. But um, it, was a, it was a good note because it definitely – you know, I like that type of a comedy where, you know, it's like totally just flips your, you know, flips your vision in your head, like what you think something is, or kind of gives you this whole moment where you're like, wait a minute, did that person just say that? That was weird. So I really enjoyed throwing that line out there. But yeah, man, the object of the preposition, Kyler was, uh, Kyler was not paying attention to English class. No, he wasn't. So Brooks was just straight. <laughs> Uh, there was a story that I, I heard about that, I, again, I want to get your perspective on. Uh, we also had the um, opportunity to speak with uh, Aaron Bradley Danger, who played Counselor Blatt. Now, she shared 
a deleted scene that you were also involved in with her, where your character throws a pizza at her, uh, which I, I think the that they had a some sort of apparatus built, you know, that would launch pepperonis at her and stuff. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that and what it was like, uh, you know, from your your perspective? Yeah, yeah, I think that you know, I think that's a perfect, perfect, you know, example of Hollywood stunts where you tell someone what you do for a living. It's like. Well, yesterday I built a, a pepperoni shooter and shot pepperoni in someone's face. <laughs> You're like, what? <laughs> so you know that's what those guys, that's what those stunt, the stunt team did that day. That was that was the big, that was one of the big stunts for the day. So they were they were out there just you know in their mad scientist lab cooking up a pepperoni shooter, and yet they they yeah basically we we you know did some stunt work and kind of shot pepperoni. Uh, across the room with the pepperoni shooter and um, things like that, and you know, did some uh, did some stuff. But I think I don't know if the I don't know if that the visual effects didn't land well enough for them to want to use it, or if they thought it just kind of took away from the scene. Because um, after seeing it, you know, I realized I was like, wait a minute, you know, I, I was hit her with pepperoni. Where's that pepperoni at? You know, first time seeing it. But, you know, actually, as I watched, I was like, you know what, the scene plays really good without me hitting him in the face with pepperoni. So it wasn't necessary. So I think there was some reasons, probably multiple reasons they might have X'd that one out. But, um, yeah, it was basically Brooks at it again, just trying to have some fun, you know. Uh, and, his, and his idea would be, you know, throwing pepperoni around. So, yeah, we had these uh, really cute little slices of um, pepperoni pizza uh, that was supposed to be school lunch and yeah just we was it started off um, with me just kind of throwing them at her is the as the wide shot and then later on in the day we actually did the stunt shot where they got the visual effects team out there and tried to tried to hit it on the mark but um yeah it was a fun scene you know basically just got to act like an idiot the whole time and I don't even think there's any lines especially from Brooks, which is, I like that a lot too. Um, when, you know, it's, it's all just, you know, activity, you know, there's no, you don't have to say anything to be funny. You know, it could be like physical comedy, I guess you would call it in a sense. Um, you know, just doing funny movements or falling over, you know, throwing pepperoni in someone's face. So I appreciate doing that as well. It was a good time, but yeah, it was a delete. That was one of the deleted scenes. And, I'm sure there was, I wish, you know, they should do a little, uh, little like, one-off extras video of some deleted scenes. Yeah. Yeah, I was actually going to ask what you would love to see as far as, like, a supplemental feature if they ever release this on Blu-ray. Because so far, we've got nothing. Yeah, no, there's, um, yeah, there's not really much behind the scenes. There's not, you know, any deleted scenes or B-roll. It's interesting. So... Yeah, I mean, there was there was a lot of times where they went into some improv, um, back and forth banter, uh, and so I would love to see some of that from a lot of the characters. They let a lot of the characters go in, like even, you know, me and Kyler and some of the smaller bully characters. They would let us, you know, for a take or two, just be like, yeah, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> you know. So, you know, you, and we got some funny, we got some funny stuff out of it, but, you know, that's what I was talking about earlier when, you know, you know, it's just for fun. Uh, you know, that's never going to make it to, to the cutting board, but, you know, you do it 
and, you know, you're in character and you're having fun, so you do it anyway. So that's kind of what I was talking about. You know, we would have some takes where it was like, just go for it. You know, what's your wildest, you know, thing for the scene or funniest thing? And we would do it and had fun. It was cool. So, I mean, you know, some of that, even from, like, you know, I know William is great, by the way. I had never, you know, and this may be poor of me, but I have never really seen anything besides Karate Kid. You know, any of William's stuff besides Karate Kid. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry. You know about that, Will, if you're listening to this right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, if he came in swinging, man. He was great. He was amazing. So I would love to see some more of his stuff to get cut because I wasn't on set every day that he was. And I'm sure he definitely went off a couple times. So I would love to see some of that. But, yeah, anything, anything improv behind the scenes is, is cool, man. You just get it. You just get to, you know, you feel like you know the characters after you watch some of that stuff. It's, it's fun. So that would, yeah, they just need to do that in general. Let's start with that. Then we can come back to this question. And be like, oh, man, I wish I would have got that out of it. The first time we see your character is at the convenience store in the first episode. Uh, what was it like fighting with uh, Billy Zapka? Um, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Because uh, <laughs> at first coming into it, you know, I had a bit of a similar mindset as my actual character. I was like, okay, you know, this, this old fellow's going to try with brass. And, you know, I was like, all right, haha, you know, karate kid, you know, sweep the leg, Johnny. That's kind of what I knew. And then, you know, he was, um, and so I was just expecting it to be a lot of, um, stunt double. Basically, I'm getting it. And, uh, and I was expecting to say that for everybody. But, uh, when hero came in and, uh, and started, you know, coordinating, and he was like, you know, I kind of got into it, and I was like, this is, this is fun, like, let me do everything, like, I want to do all of this, you know, because I, you know, going back to skating, like, I'm used to falling, I'm used to, you know, kind of like being an adrenaline junkie, so I kind of was getting hyped, you know, and having fun, and just moving on set like that, never, never done any big stunt coordinating like that before, never done any big fight scenes, so it was like, it was exciting and thrilling. So after, you know, the first take or two, I was like, man, let me do everything. Like I can do everything you let me do. I want to do it. And so I realized that, you know, William was the same way. And he, I don't think he had any, uh, you know, maybe one or two, like very rare seconds where he had an actual stunt double step. And I think that's because he was, you know, taking or throwing, throwing or flipping, you know, himself, his character was. So they wanted to make sure that was on point, of course. But, um, but no, man, he, he was like, at one point he was, uh, practicing the choreography and he hit that, you know, sweep the leg move, man, did a little like low spinning round, round kick. And I was like, damn, you are flexible, boy, <laughs> you are, you are up in age and you can still hit that like props to you, you know, cause he just busted it out. Like, like that was his, you know, everyday kind of thing. I was like, damn, I couldn't do that. And you know, I'm 23. So good for you. So, you know, it was very surprising. So I feel like I had a similar um, realization in revelation as my character Brooks did after, you know, working that scene out with William. So it kind of really put me in my place, but it was great. Um, You know, I can say I I got, you know, I can say I got my legs swept by Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) Not many can say that. So, you know, yeah, yeah, he freaking he gave me a took a kick from William Zabka, but it was a fun scene. All the fight stuff was so fun, and Hero is amazing. He's uh, 
He's Emmy nominated. Emmy right nominated. For it. Shout out to Hirokoda. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was a good time, man. Yeah. It was a. That was an interesting first scene too, because that was really. That was that was really like my first actual. My second. That was my second. Uh, that was my second scene on set. First, the first scene we did was a. Uh, was it the pool scene? Was. No, it was the um, cafeteria scene, and I want to say it was the one where we were, um, we first kind of, it was after, it was after the beat-up, it was after the beat-up where Kyler's, uh, or maybe before, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to recall everything, it was where, it was where Zolo comes in, and, you know, he's trying to say what's up to, uh, to Mary's character, and me and Kyler kind of bombard the cool girl table and, and, you know, and mess up his chances. And Kyler waves at him and, you know, is like a little smirky asshole. So that's the first scene I shot. Cobra Kai was that scene. And, um, yeah, then that was the second one. So it was really getting thrown into the fryer there. Second scene was, uh, you know, full on fight scene, but it was good, man. I digged it. It was a fun time. Oh, interesting. So this is the one where we um, meet. This is where Sholo meets like Gianni and Jacob during lunch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. That was the first shot. Okay. Wow, that was like second episode too, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. they were bouncing a little bit. I think that maybe, I think that maybe that might have had to do a little something with the timing and maybe my character being changed the last minute. Oh, that could be. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And that just shows, like, you know, after all these changes, characters were given more roles as, you know, shooting progressed. It's amazing how the show turned out. You know, it it sounded like, you know, there was a lot of last-minute changes, I guess, uh, during filming, and it still worked out great. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm thankful because one of my characters was one of those. I was supposed to be a a guest star. (laughs) I was supposed to be, you know, two two episode thing i think i was supposed to be done with you know not long after that first fight scene and a lot a couple other bully characters were kind of too but you know they, they you know some of the guys saw i guess some potential in us and potential in the characters and they digged it and uh, went with it and just started keep they kept us in the loop and we just you know kept having a good time together and i don't know it was great it was great so it turned out really good i'm stoked so you got to do that scene with Billy. Tell me about the the pool uh, scene where you got to work with Ralph as well. Yeah, that was cool. We actually met Ralph that night when we did the fight scene with uh, with Billy because he was there. Uh, he was doing the last shot of the night, and I think that was where we time skip a little bit. But I think that was I think what they ended up shooting was when. You know, Ralph comes in and finds that there's a Cobra Kai dojo has reopened and tries to deter uh, Billy or Johnny from, you know, actually doing it. And they have a little face off, you know, it gets all serious. So I think they were shooting that that night. So I met him there uh, that night and he was great. So cool guy, fun, chill, chill demeanor. And so then, yeah, we did the scene at the pool. And, uh, it was a, it was pretty, it was a pretty fun time. He, he was, uh, <clears throat> you know, they, they kept it, they kept a straight face and didn't like, you know, blow, like bust out laughing, which is like totally casual. I'm really bad at that. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh all the time. 
so I'm like, I've ruined so many takes because I'm just like, <laughs> I can start spinning, laughing because it's it's funny, man. <laughs> you know, but yeah, they they were like nailing it. They were in character and didn't bust out laughing or anything. And yeah, so so I mean, I think too it was a big surprise because that was one thing that I liked as well because they were good at, you know, John, Josh, and Hayden were good at like keeping some some small some small annotations, like small things discreet for like the first shot, you know, but it's like, okay, we're going to not tell them that he's going to come out in the bathroom looking like this, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you might expect him to be in swimming trunks, but not looking like fully drenched. Like you just climbed up the toilet, like wet, you know, like, you know, crazy. So, you know, I think that was a good first couple scenes because they were like, what does, you know, excuse my language, but they were definitely like, had like a, uh-huh, you know, a little face on them, a little, wasn't ready for it. But yeah, it was, a, that was a good time. And that was like one of the, uh, one of the times too, where they kind of just told me, you know, to just kind of, you know, have fun with it, whatever, um, you know, go for it. So, you know, just, you know, you can make up some stuff or, you know, have, have a fun time, you know, talk smack, whatever. So it was, it was cool. A lot of, uh, a lot of the one-liners from Brooks, including that one, were just like off-rip improv uh, on my end. So, oh, nice. I was I was wondering that. Like, how many uh, other things did you come up with before you finally settled on uh, skinny dips and bong rips? <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was the one-hit wonder, man. I threw that one out there, and they liked it. So that was that one stayed. That was my that was my first. Uh, that was the first take too. Actually, they were just like they really. Were so I, I think I threw out one. I threw out one other one, um, but that one stayed. So yeah, they that one stuck first first try. So they were stoked on it. But but yeah, that was um, I was loving it too because you know usually it's not you know people are more apprehensive to let you improv. But like I said, they were just so encouraging that it made it easier to do it. You know because you didn't have to worry about you know pissing someone off because you ruined their take, <clears throat> which is a this is the thing. That's the thing. You know you gotta. You got to choose when and where because you don't want to ruin someone else's cake and make yeah. people mad and have a problem. So everyone was so cool about it that it it lifts this weight off of you where you you know uh, you know have no discretions and you're kind of just you know you're freer to do your thing. So yeah, I was stoked that they were so supportive of me, um, you know, improving and coming up with stuff. Yeah. What was it like shooting the Halloween dance? And and did you get to choose your own costume? I think you're a pirate. Yeah, no, they kind of throw us in there as pirates. Uh, did Joe tell you about uh, sneaking on the set of Pirates of the Caribbean? Real, I almost, I almost looked like uh, Captain Hook's crew. Yeah, yeah, in the old kinda, uh, Peter Pan like cartoon. Captain Hook's crew vibe, yeah, especially me. I looked like um, the uh, the old like. I, you reminded me of uh, Bob Hoskins' character in Hook. Smee. Yeah. Okay, yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Smee. Yeah, that's it. Yes. I think that was actually, that was the costume they got me. I think that's kind of like, yeah, how I turned out with that little pinstripe um, outfit. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was a funny time. We we ba- we didn't choose what we were. They threw that one on us. But uh, it was fun, you know. And uh, that was another time, too, where they just let us go. We had this, like, moment where they were filming us kind of talking amongst ourselves, the cool kick group, bully group, whatever. And uh, they were just like, yeah, y'all just talk smack. So uh, the whole time I was just like trying to think up like perverted pirate one-offs. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like let me get in your booty, art. <laughs> just dumb, dumb stuff. But they were they were digging it. It was funny. We had a good time. But yeah, I mean, 
And I don't even know if much of that made it in there, but we spent like a good 30, 40 minutes just kind of one-offs, like, you know, a little improv rips. But, um, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun time shooting that scene. And then, you know, we got into the, into the choreographed fight towards the end where we were all, uh, beaten up on, on Solo mm-hmm. in his little, his Cobra Kai <laughs> kickdown skeleton costume. Yeah, poor fella. We really dug into him that time. So, but, uh, it was, um, you know, I just, I love the references those, those fellas made. They were just, they were on point, you know, just so, so much like nostalgia and just like references to the, an homage to the original series, you know, and some stuff that like, cause I've, I've seen Karate Kid, the original, and I like, I love it. I've seen a bunch and, um, and I'm just, I would catch a lot of stuff, but then I went to a premiere that family events did where they threw on the first two episodes of Cobra Kai, which are the free episodes that you can watch without the premium account. And then they threw on the original Karate Kid. And as I watched, I like caught even more stuff, littler stuff. Where I'm like, mm. wow, they were really paying attention to detail. You know, it's almost one of those things where it's like, if you watch, you know, watch the original movie and then, you know, binge watch the first season in a day or two afterwards, and you're going to like catch, a lot of little little stuff where you're just like, wow, good good jobs for remembering all that, you know, and writing that into like a new series. But so yeah, and you know, a big, you know, but a bigger hint of that, of course, is the skeleton costume, which I love uh, that they were throwing in stuff like that, and um, you know, kind of rewriting history in a way, like especially when you had the scene with uh, Billy Johnny's character talking about his view of Daniel Russo and how he thought everything shook down. <laughs> That was really that was a really really funny like in in amazingly well written like scenario flip. Yeah, kind of to touch on what you were saying about their attention to detail. Uh, for anyone that has not uh, yet listened to the Aaron Bradley Danger uh, interview, she, her character of Counselor Blatt, she reveals the backstory and who her character is related to from the original Karate Kid. So that's a little tease for those that haven't listened to it yet, and hopefully you guys go check that out to to find out. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, now, Bo, what would you like to see with your character of Brooks in season two? Uh, I, I don't know if you've heard anything yet. I know everyone's kind of keeping everything under wraps. Uh, John Hurwitz has said on Twitter that they're writing season two right now. Uh, so if you had a choice, what would you like to see happen with Brooks? Yeah, man. So, you know, we talked a little bit about this, um, you know, while shooting, and, you know, they're just saying, you know, that basically this new, this new generation is uh, limitless in a sense, you know, with the two dojos popping up, and, you know, so they could go either way, you know, they could go, you know, left or right, they can go to Miyagi-Do or Cobra Kai, and they could, you know, they have these, we had come up with these reasonings for them to go to either so it's really up in the air, but I definitely foresee, you know, some of these bully cool kid characters joining a dojo out of their own, um, you know, their own choices, their own different reasonings. You know, we were thinking Brooks might go to Cobra Kai because he thinks that it looks like those guys are having fun. Cause you know, they kind of become the original Cobra Kai jocks, you know, and towards the end there, they really get like crazy. You know, it's a full character, full character development, you know, uh, there, like, especially like you see Hawk, you know, <laughs> Hawk's character come into play. It's like, 
you know, he might, Brooks might see that kind of stuff and think, oh, that's fun. Like, I want to go be a part of that. So, you know, we just were thinking up some, some, you know, things like that. And so there's no talent, basically. Uh, but definitely for seeing some of these, uh, you know, bullies, cool kid characters, supporting roles that, you know, me, Anna, Joe, and Hannah had come back in some unique ways and, uh, you know, play a part of one of the dojos, I foresee that happening for sure. So, yeah, but there's nothing set yet. Um, you know, like, like you said, they are writing and, uh, you know, I know that some people are, are, uh, getting some, I think some people are getting some phone calls, some of the higher, some of the more, you know, like regulars, you know, and, you know, main roles, you know, but, um, but yeah, we're gear, it's gearing up. It's, it's happening. I, I think that, you know, shooting is going to start in the next, next two months or so month month nice. and a half two months maybe so yeah we'll uh you know probably get probably get a new season out is about the same time the first one came out so yeah maybe a little earlier but spring 19 spring 2019 that's when it's happening there we go and what can listeners uh expect to see you know do you have any projects uh in the works right now that you know, people can check out while they're waiting for that next Cobra Kai fix. Yeah, I see that you're actually producing your own skateboarding show. Am I correct in that? Yeah, Narcats. Yeah, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, Narcats. There you go, man. Uh, Narcats, you guys can check that one out. That one's currently changing hands from, it was previously on Go90, but I believe if you uh, Google it, it's on a new player now. I'm not sure what that's called, but you Google Narcats, you can find some fun stuff from there. Um, you know, y'all can keep up for anyone out there wants to keep up with me, check me out on Instagram. You can just search my name, Bo Mitchell. My my Instagram handle is a mouthful, so I'm not gonna blurt that one out, but <laughs> it'll be in the show notes. Uh, you know, you'll see yeah, there you go. You'll see a uh, you'll see my baby picture and you know, follow me and check me out on there and I'm basically right now working on producing a few shows to hope to have hope to have on air in uh in spring, you know, next spring as well. So um, and, you know, on top of that, just, uh, get ready for, for Cobra Kai season two, three, four, five, six, seven. Awesome. <laughs> Eight, nine, ten. Awesome. But yeah, yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Yeah. We're, we're going to, you're going to hit a wave here. So it's going to be Cobra Kai for a while, man. So one last thing I guess I could say is, you know, if you, if you want to check out my, my skateboarding, skateboarding alternate identity here, you could. You could look up my nonprofit I started to, uh, you know, help kids get into skating and give them a, a free, safe place to skate called Home for Skateboarding. And that's a, you can look that up, .org, homeforskateboarding.org, or you can check it out on Instagram. And we have a uh, full-blown nonprofit that I founded, 501c3 State Registered Charity. Um, and we're looking for donations right now to build a public uh, safe safe haven skate park uh for kids to come and ride in south carolina so we have uh, we have currently only two public parks in the whole state and we have those are outdoor we have zero indoor parks and so that is astonishing because even out in oregon you know i know that you said you're from there you guys have you know two or three skate parks in uh you know one city <laughs> I was going to say, even in Michigan, I've got one in a very small town about five miles away from where I live. 
Yeah, so, you know, that's astonishing that South Carolina is so in support of, of skateboarding. So, you know, we're, you know, we're also working to change that. If you just want to be a part of the people that are working to change it, that's us as well. But um, along with some other core, core heads and shops. But check us out, man. Yeah, we're trying to help, help kids stay, stay focused and stay, you know, having good hobbies, staying getting some good hobbies, and not get caught up in some tomfoolery that, you know, adolescents can bring you. So oh, yeah. yeah, that's that's the other thing, and yeah, that's that's about it. And that concludes our conversation with Bo Mitchell. So I want to thank him again for coming on to the show. Uh, he he was just a fun person to talk to. He's uh, offered to take us out if we ever make it to Charleston or anything like that. <laughs> we might have to take him up on yeah. that. A little far for me, but hey, if somebody wants to pay for my ticket, by all means, I, I will definitely go and visit and visit Charleston. Uh, I've, yeah. never, I've never been that well. I mean, I've been to Georgia Uh Maybe I should go back to Georgia and snoop around hey. the shooting location. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So that um, might that might be the the end goal of this podcast is to be on the show. You know, I'll tell you guys what we will end the show if Tom and I ever make it onto Cobra Kai. I, I think that would be it. That that's the end. Yeah, game here. I think we would have <laughs> peaked at that point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, wh- what else do we do now? so uh thank you guys for always supporting us uh just a bit of breaking news on our end uh for those that maybe subscribe to tv my brain so the good news is if you are subscribed you're going to continue getting great reviews of the cobra kai show from us and interviews as well but are you a hardcore fan? Are you a hardcore Cobra Kai fan that want more bonus content? We're starting up a new feed, Cobra Kai Companion. It's something coming that we wanted specifically for those people that want the extra stuff. So we'll be sharing the reviews and the interviews in there as well. So it's just a one-stop shop for everything that we create. But if you're fine with just the reviews and the interviews, continue subscribing to TV My Brain. Yes, and also, just so you're aware, when you type the name into a search engine, whether it's iTunes or any other feeds, Companion is going to be spelled with a K, because right. it's more badass that way. It is, and it is a play on, you know, we, we want to sound smart here, but it's a play on the line from Karate Kid 1, Allie with an I, Daniel with an L. So we're Cobra Kai, Companion with a K. So there we go. Exactly. Uh, if you follow us on any of the social medias, whether it's Instagram or Twitter, those are going to remain the same just because you guys already follow it. I don't want any confusion. And obviously for the new listeners, we've already pimped it out as that. So we just want to keep that the same. So Cobra Kai Companion with the K. Join our Facebook group page. It's amazing. It's active. Five Cobra Kai moms. Uh, we got, you know, some background people in there. Uh, we have a cast member. And as of this recording, Gianni DiCenzo, you know, uh, recorded a little hello video to the group. You know, uh, I asked him for a little favor and he came through. So you got to join the group to see that. Otherwise, you only seen screenshots on the other social medias. Yeah. Well, not only that, but we're getting uh, pretty interesting behind the scenes. Uh, pictures and footage of all of this stuff. Absolutely. We got people also, um, you know, uh, content creators, you know, fan art, fan fiction. There's a lot of creative people in there. But yes, uh, to the moms and people that have been involved on the show, they have been sharing some some great, um, you know, personal behind the scene pictures as well. So we have now closed the group because of that. We want to protect everyone's privacy and their content. So that way people aren't stealing it and 
putting it elsewhere as their own because we've been seeing that. I, I've been a victim of that myself, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. So the group page, just search www. Kai period TV A and B group. You spell out the words period, and you can find us on Twitter at Cobra Kai Pod or Instagram at Cobra Kai Podcast. And Tom, what about you? If they want to talk to you about anything other than Cobra Kai. Well, you can reach out to me on uh, Twitter at The Drunken Dork. You can also find me on Facebook uh, with the page for uh, my show. It's uh, called Jake and Tom Conquer the Group. And uh, you can listen to me every week uh, with my co-host Jake on our show, Jake and Tom Conquer the World. And for me, you can find me at Podstalgic on Instagram and Twitter, where I review movies. Uh, most of them are throwback movies. Tom joined me a little over a year ago. We did all four Karate Kid movies. Uh, and again, at the time of this recording, the biggest movie in the theater right now is Crazy Rich Asians, uh, which I reviewed. I am a crazy Asian, not rich, but uh, it, <laughs> if you type in that movie title, I am currently the third top episode right now uh, for that movie. So if you seen that movie and i want to hear my thoughts on it it's uh it's on podstalgic so um again thanks everybody for your guys's continued support while you guys are tuning in to us for your cobra kai fix uh that's all we got for now um expect more interviews as long as people are saying yes so there might be a little bit of a lull because of you know we've kind of asked just about everybody at this point um but again we're going to continue creating Bonus content, whether it's reactions to John Hurwitz's Twitter Q&As and stuff, that's going to be another one coming soon. Uh, but we're also looking to do like movie reviews that Cobra Kai cast members have been in. Again, all of that stuff will be on Cobra Kai Companions. So just follow us on the social medias to stay updated or join the group because that's going to be the best place for all of our updates. So thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time. Try to be best because you're only a man And a man's got to learn to take it Try to believe though the going gets rough That you got to hang tough to make it History repeats itself Try and you succeed Never doubt that you're the one And you can have your dream You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever keep you down You're the best around Nothing's gonna ever Thank you for listening to the Court and Parts Podcast Network. To listen to more Court and Parts shows, visit courtemparts.com.